come on live. There it is, the magic live button. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. The beep. Welcome to Yankee Stadium. What a fitting song for after this weekend. Yeah, definitely was. <laughs> what is up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 13 of the Empire 161 Show, your show about the Yankees and all things baseball. I am Mr. Tim Tabala. This is my co-host, Mr. Ed Camus. Ed, what is going on? What's up, man? I uh, just inhaled some uh, first dish of uh, some John Brown Smokehouse because... That's on, that's on the menu tonight with the Chiefs playing on Monday Night Football. So, able best to game of the year, summer. best game, best game of the year in Week Three. That's not fair. Yeah, it should be pretty wild. <laughs> should be oh. pretty wild. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, there were, our 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 football season is pretty much over, so you might as well go root for the Chiefs. <laughs> like I might, I might, I might have to go shift to the Bills now for the rest of, for the rest of the year. It's going to be a yeah, rough we'll, one for us. Yeah, we'll get angry for our, our three hours every Sunday, and then. Try to help our wives enjoy their football season, you know, because yeah, <laughs> ours is ours. But we have the Yankees, though. And they, yes. and well, yeah, exactly. Yes, we have the Yankees, which is, though, <laughs> which, which is very exciting, and I'm very happy about that. And looking at that playoff bracket, it's it takes getting used to. It's like looking at it, it's like that's not right. It looks like a college football, <laughs> basketball bracket or something like that. But we'll get into that. But uh, yep. real quick, though, we had we had a little adventure this weekend. And that's not including the horrible Sonic adventure. The, the Sonic, only Sonic in the world that doesn't have ice cream in it. Go figure. You can start off talking by that. I mean, after after we well, whatever. Go ahead, F- finish it. We'll get to that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we so we took a little road trip into Jersey this weekend to see the Empire Strikes Back 40th anniversary. It was awesome. We had a great time. It was what t- five people in the theater, six, seven, maybe, including yeah, us at that. I mean, listen, we were three, so. <laughs> yeah, so social distancing, masks, all that good stuff. But hey, I got to have movie popcorn for the first time in six, seven months. A nice big giant soda. It was fantastic. So I had a great time. I, it was it was a blast. It sucks that New York theaters aren't open yet, but at least we got you know some back, some bit of normalcy back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, Tim, I think you'd agree. You know, this is actually your first time back to the theaters since they closed down. So actually, let me refer to you. This is my second time. How did you feel? Did you feel like it was safe? Did you confident it was clean and things like that? And I was it not yeah, was it weird? I, I, it was it was definitely weird, but I said it wasn't crowded. And well, you know, yeah. you're next to me. I know I know you're good. Francisco was next to us. We know he's all right. Yeah. You know, and I wiped the seat down, I had my mask, I had everything on. I was I was I felt mm-hmm. safe. I didn't feel yeah. like anything was wrong. I thought it was yeah, pretty I, cool. <clears throat> yeah, it's the second time I've gone to like an AMC theater too, and they've done props to them. They they've done a lot of things that seem like they're on top of their game. We're trying to make the whole experience safe for everybody. Uh, there's like wipes every ten feet or whatever it is. They definitely sell the seats. You bought like the three of us had our thing in a group, and then it was blocked. We actually had the whole road to ourselves, so we actually even distanced further than yep. the distancing. So we even took the extra way. Uh, but no, but it was it was it was pretty awesome. It was cool. The theater was weird. We we felt like it was a horror movie. I know Tim had mentioned that. It, Seemed like this is the ones you don't walk out of or something like that. It was pretty like, creepy, actually. That nobody was in the theater. <laughs> a little creepy, yeah. that kind of. But it was fun. It was good. It was good to see Empire on the big screen. I was very happy with that. Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't seen it since Special Edition '97, and then before that was 1980. So it was pretty good. It was pretty I, good to see it again on the on the big screen. I was super excited because I was telling you it, it was my first time seeing it on the big screen. Because when it came out in May of 1980, I was uh, what five, six months old at that point. So uh, uh, I was—I I, I remember it vividly seeing Empire in the theater. So that's, that's one of my favorite memories. So it yeah. was always good. It was always fun. Uh, but yeah, I'm hoping as we get back to no more normalcy and um, Jedi's next, next, next 40th anniversary will be Jedi. So I'm sure that's going to come out in the theater also. But hopefully by then we'll be back, we'll be back to normal. We don't have to do all this Jersey exactly. stuff. I don't want to go to Jersey to see the movie every every week. No, I don't. And I'd rather like enjoy it in normal with no mask and, you know, with the whole thing, like all of that. It, did, it actually did cross my mind. I think it was like during the credits. I was just like, man, so when are we going to see the sequel in a few years? <laughs> three, three, three years. Yeah. yeah three, 2023, we'll have to see. That'll be mm-hmm. the 40th anniversary. So 
All right, let's get into some baseball now. Let's get into our opening segment that we like to call Swim Notes because it's this week in baseball. <laughs> I want to watch that show so bad. They should bring it back. I think MLB Network would have did some version of it, but I mean, I guess. I'd rather watch the old ones. I'd rather watch reruns for for Mel Allen and for Johnny Bench and for all those guys. That's what I'd rather do. Oh no, Johnny Bench was the baseball bunch. Remember the baseball bunch? I do actually. Johnny Bench and the Chicken. Come on, man, that was a great show. (laughs) Yeah, there's some crazy stuff. I mean, but oh, I I was about to say ESPN was in the game at that point, but they were kind of like in their infant stages. Johnny Bench and the San Diego Chicken had a TV show together. Let's just remember that. Let's just remember that. So we can just tell our kids that one day. One of the probably the greatest catcher of all time, and the chicken. Oh, we can show TV it to show. them on YouTube. <laughs> that's right. That's that's going to be next next theme that I'm going to pop out for our next show. We're going to be the baseball bunch. <laughs> so all right. So uh, Twib notes. Let's talk about. We got we got we got the end of the week. We got the playoff rush. We got all kinds of crazy stuff. Let's get yeah, started. So the notable stuff I threw down was um, who we'll talk about a lot more in our playoff preview was uh, Shane Bieber of the. Cleveland Indians won the pitching triple crown by leading the AL by the leading the league in wins with eight strikeouts with 122 and ERA with a one what a one six three. That was the first time that's happened since Johan Santana did it back in 2006. Uh, pretty pretty big accomplishment for that kid. Uh, he's been absolutely unbelievable this season. Um, but we'll see soon how he does in the postseason tomorrow night uh, without get, burying the lead. Um, well, both Hunter Pence of the uh, San Francisco Giants and longtime Kansas City Royal left fielder Alex Gordon announced their retirements after 14 seasons. Um, Pence, I know, was mostly with the Giants. He retired with the Giants, and then he spent a little bit of time bouncing around in between. But, um, you know, he announced his retirement, so good for him. He won a few World Series with the Giants as well, and Alex Gordon got his World Series in 2015 with the Kansas City Royals. Uh Juan Soto of the Nationals, who, if you remember, missed the start of the season with uh, COVID-19, uh, became the youngest player to win a batting titles at 351 since A-Rod back in 1996. So Thanks, boss. Yep. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> uh, and Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Atlanta Braves joined an exclusive list with 80-plus home runs and 60-plus stolen bases before turning 23 years old. Um, the other members on that list are Ken Griffey Jr., uh, Andrew Jones, A-Rod again, as he's on, on a lot of lists, uh, and then Mike Trout. So that kid's off to some incredible start down in Atlanta. We'll see him in the postseason. Well, we hope to see him up close and personal in the postseason, but you know, we will. fans will get to see him show off his skills in the postseason uh, starting on Wednesday. Um, and I'm just going to throw in the one Yankee note that we have with the Twib notes. We might as well just toss it in, whatever. Um, because there's not many. We'll save that for the end. But uh, John Heyman had tweeted out, I believe it was on Saturday, John Heyman of MLB.com reported that uh, Giancarlo Stanton will not be exercising his opt-out of his contract after the season. Um, Stanton has seven years and $218 million left on his deal. So for all those Yankee fans who – have issues with Stanton, and I understand with the injury part of the thing, but the guy is super talented and is a masher, and we're going to – I keep telling you guys we're going to need him to win. Number 28, you know, he apparently is not opting out, which some will say, and water is wet, because we all know that he was not opting out. Real quick, though, before we even move on, I saw yeah. an article how the Angels have failed Mike Trout. Does Mike Trout finish his career with the Angels, yes or no? My my feeling is no. I am um, yeah, hundred percent. I I'm not does, gonna. Does he, does he finish in pinstripes? <laughs> I mean, how can you say you hope he doesn't? Right? Like, of course. I, I would drive to the airport again. I would go and pick him up from whatever airport he wants to, and, do. and I, drive I, him to the I, stadium I, every day if that's what it took. I'd massage his shoulders if he needed it. Whatever he needed. Whatever he needed. Whatever it takes. Um, but yeah. no, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say, yeah, because a player like that, not getting the help he needs, you know, it, it is. It's kind of like a, it's a shame. I'm gonna call it a failure. I mean, you can't really guarantee who's gonna play, who's not gonna play. That yeah. Otani guy, I think, is the most overrated player I've ever seen. 
that's just me personally. I don't know. Maybe people think he's talented one way or another. I think he's crap on his stick. But, you know, what are you going to do? Um, I mean, I don't know. I've, when I, the limited I've seen of Shohei Otani, I mean, he is um, he's, he's super talented with his, you know, I mean, the guy can obviously hit major league pitching. He's proven that. Uh, he can pitch on a major league level, so he's proven that as well. Um, it, he just doesn't – he's been injured a lot. So, I mean, that's pretty much his biggest thing. I think he has the talent to do it, but I think eventually he might have to choose one or the other. Are you going to be an everyday player or are you going to be a starting pitcher in, in Major League Baseball? So that I'm not sure of. Um, as far as it goes with failing Mike Trout, um, listen, uh, they've, they've gone ahead. They've made the effort. They've signed Anthony Rendon this past offseason. They signed Shohei Otani. They signed Justin Upton a couple of years ago. So, I mean, they just hired Joe Madden too. Uh, before go before the season, I can't act like they're not trying, but again, trying and then seeing how it plays out is two completely different things. Because yeah. the Angels have money, it's not like they don't have money, but they're throwing it in the wrong places. I mean, here in New York, those who are New York Knicks fans can actually identify with that because they have an owner in James Dolan who does the same thing. You can't act like the guy doesn't want to win, but he has no interest in winning. How he goes about it is another story. He's like '80s Steinbrenner, where he's just throwing money at everyone. Who's there? But you need to have your baseball people tell you who's the right fit. And it's, it's not buying any piece; it's buying the right piece. Exactly. The Yankees exactly. don't buy the right pieces. The Yankees, like I said, yeah, they didn't buy the right pieces at the time. The Knicks yeah. have never bought a right piece in their entire existence. So I don't know what the whole. That's just a disaster. Hopefully, the Rangers are making their their turn. No. Yeah, so I mean, we, we talked about that Saturday too. It seems like they're making the right turn. So let's hopefully that's going to happen. Uh, yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about the past week. Um, we'll try to make it as painless as possible. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how they clinched, how who else clinched, who missed. And we'll, we'll ask that question too. But yeah, all right, let's let's, let's talk about the the last week of the regular season of this crazy twenty twenty season. Yeah, so um, you know we'll, we always pick up from our last episode of the show, which we did on last Saturday morning. So I'm sorry, Saturday afternoon. So we'll pick up right there. The Saturday night game against the Red Sox, which the Yanks. Spanked the Red Sox 10 nothing to push their winning streak at the time to 10 straight. Uh, Jay Happ started that game, uh, got his second win of the year, going eight innings, four hits, and nine Ks. Um, there will be a theme of little tidbits here and there, but it's the second time a Yankee starting pitcher has thrown a pitch in the eighth inning this season. And guess who was the same pitcher who did it last time? Obviously, Jay Happ. Uh, that's if, if you had to put your money in the beginning of the season, Sam, if we we're going to be like, hey, listen, let's get a pool going of who's going to – what Yankee starting pitcher is going to pitch the deepest into games, Jay Happ probably wouldn't have been your first, second, or third pick in that no. whole scenario. But I, he would had, had, I, I would have had a call with at least seven complete games. So, exactly. you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Jay Happ, who's turned it around, though. I mean, he, he hasn't been pitching poorly, you know, ever since that whole blow-up with – you know, he had uh, his agent had the issues with Cashman, and he spoke up about Cashman about maybe manipulating his innings pitched again because he was getting skipped over. It's because you were getting skipped over because you were ineffective. It wasn't had nothing to do with a contract situation. You pitch well, you're going to pitch, and it happened. He started pitching well, excuse me, and then he pitched. So that's that. Uh, Clint Frazier was three for four in that game with his eighth home run of the year, driving in three and had two runs scored. Uh, another common theme you'll notice is DJ LeMahieu was two for five with a run scored. Uh, in that one. Uh, the next one's a pretty quick one to get past. Uh, the Yankees winning streak ended at 10 because they had lost Sunday afternoon 10 to 2 to the Red Sox. Uh, Debbie Garcia had his roughest outing in the majors so far. Uh, that put him at 2 and 2 for the season. Uh, he only went three innings, eight hits, and six runs scored. Uh, Luke Voigt was one for three and hit his 21st home run at that time. Uh, that rolls us on to Monday where the Yanks made the trip back to Buffalo. What is this? Catch you boss. Ah, enjoy. <laughs> um, enjoy those stakes there. So the Yanks went ahead and rolled on to Buffalo, where they lost 11-5 to uh, to the Blue Jays. Uh, Yanks started Michael King in that game. He saw for his second loss of the season, only lasting uh, two and two-thirds, giving up five runs. Uh, Jonathan Lewisica came in and pitched one in and gave up three runs, not faring too much better. Uh, Yanks offense did some hitting in that game, but DJ LeMahieu led the way as he was two for four. Uh, that rolls us on to Tuesday, where the Yanks uh, did get some, you know, they did bounce back against the Blue Jays, winning 12 to one. So they were pretty much exchanging beatings at that point. 
Uh, Garrett Cole had his final start of the season at that time. Uh, he finished seven and three, so that was the seventh win, going seven innings, five hits, giving up one and seven Ks. Uh, Cole finished the season with a two point two eight four ERA and is the first Yankee to qualify for the ERA title with an ERA that low since David Cohn did it back in 1997. Uh, Cohn, who finished with an ERA of 282 at that time. Uh, so also Yankees with an, a one ERA or lower and at least 30 strikeouts in the month of September in history. Garrett Cole now in 2020, and it hasn't happened since Whitey Ford back in 1963. Uh, Aaron Hicks was two for four, driving in three with a triple. Uh, three runs scored in a stolen base in that game, so he was filling up all kinds of columns in that. Uh, Gleyber Torres was three for five, uh, two RBIs, a double, and uh, a run scored. Um, and here's a, probably a nice stat for Stephen Moore, who will never watch this show. Uh, <laughs> not his thing. No, it's just not his thing. Well, that's, that's a whole behind you know, inside baseball thing. Uh, Yankees with – an all-time, Yankees with 50-plus career homers – and 50-plus career doubles uh, through the age of the um, season when they turned 23. Now it's Glaber Torres, Mickey Mantle, and Joe DiMaggio are on that list. Uh, Gio Urshela was 4 for 5 in that game with two RBIs and a run scored. Uh, Yanks were 8 for 11 with runners in scoring position in that game. And first game, the Yankees scored 12-plus runs without a homer in a nine-inning game since May 11th of 2001. Uh, back then, they went ahead and beat up the Orioles by a final of 14-5. to five. Uh, Another fun fact I had saw on this game was, so Kyle Higashioka got the start in that game with Garrett Cole, since that is his catcher now. And I had mentioned Hicks was the starting center fielder. All played in the middle of the Yankees' uh, defense that game and all played in the same youth travel ball circles in Southern California. So that's a pretty, rant. That's a pretty good uh, travel ball league, I'd have to say. Uh Unfortunately, Yanks went ahead and dropped the next one to the Jays, 14-1. to uh, Tanaka didn't have much in that game, got his third loss of the season, only lasting four innings and giving up five runs, three of which were earned. DJ LeMahieu was two for four in that game. Uh, the low light, or if you want to say highlight of that game, was Yankees committed four errors, which was a pretty, pretty big theme of the week for them, which is a big reason why they struggled. Uh, that rolls us on to Thursday where the Yanks lost 4-1 to to the Blue Jays. Uh, Jordan Montgomery got his third loss of the season, lasting five and a third and giving up three runs. Yanks were one for seven with runners in scoring position in that game, and they left 11 runners on base. You uh, go ahead and leave 11 runners on base and go one for seven, you're probably losing that game. Uh, they did have a chance, though, in the eighth inning when Gary Sanchez had pinch hit for Kyle Higashioka in the top of the eighth. Uh, he just missed a go-ahead grand slam by about five feet. Off the bat, I'll admit, I thought it was definitely gone. But, I mean, it was go, 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 and then right to the wall. Kind of reminded me of Willie Mays Hayes in Major League. I was just like, back it up, back it up. Uh, so that was that for that. Uh, then Yanks returned to the stadium for a series with the Marlins. Uh, they did lose the opener of that one on Friday night, 4-3 to three in 10 innings. Uh, as the aforementioned Jay Happ went five innings, giving up three runs on three strikeouts. Uh, Chad Green took the loss. Four more errors by the Yankees, by the way, in that one. Uh, and they only lost four to three, so that tells you they easily could have played some clean defense and probably won that one. Uh, but they had a chance. They had a chance in the 10th inning and top of the 10th. Kyle Higashioka went ahead and botched a rundown that they had. They had, um, There was a runner at third who was trying to go ahead and score. Uh, they got him to run down, failed to execute that. Uh, Higgy went ahead and pegged the guy in the back with the throw, which was pretty ridiculous. Uh, that run would end up proving to be the uh, go-ahead and winning run. Uh, Yanks had the bases loaded, though, with one out in the bottom of the 10th because, you know, you start with the runner on second in 2020 with the extra innings. Uh, so the Yanks had DJ LeMahieu up with the bases loaded and one out. That's probably – you had to make a list of guys that you wanted up in that situation. LeMahieu would probably be on the top of most people's list, but unfortunately he banged into a double play to end the game. Uh, First time in Yankees history that they fit into five plus double plays and made four plus errors in the same game. So, you know, Friday night was a real, real frustrating one and a stinker for the Yanks. Uh, Yanks also took the lead in errors in all of Major League Baseball with 47. Um, 
and the lowest fielding percentage at 976. So defense definitely in a week. In a week they think about it. They had four, they had eight errors in those two games that I had mentioned. So they went ahead and just decided, hey, listen, we're just gonna try to go ahead and take the lead in a lot of categories. And that's not one that you want to do it in, but they they really did. They really had a really sloppy week defensively. But we'll share things up a bit on Saturday where the Yanks beat the Marlins 11 to 4. They were down three to nothing at one point until Tyler Wade got things going with a two-run homer. Uh, David Garcia bounced back nicely, got his third win of the season, going six and two-thirds, scattering seven hits. Uh, gave up four runs. That he gave up three, got charged um, with the fourth run uh, because Wolpen went ahead and let that run score, but it was his responsibility as he let the guy on. Uh, also striking out seven. DJ LeMay was four for five, three RBIs and a run scored in that game. Aaron Hicks was two for four with an opposite field homer uh, for his sixth of the year, uh, two RBIs and two runs scored. Luke Voigt hit his 22nd home run of the season at that point. I had mentioned Tyler Wade was one for three with that two-run homer, which got things started for the Yanks. Uh, and also, during their uh, during their rally, the next at-bat after he hit the home run that woke the Yanks up, Wade executed the first successful sack bunt of the season by the New York Yankees. So, um, bunting, obviously not part of the analytics game that the Yankees have adopted, but that's, that's pretty insane. And it's not that they haven't tried. Because they have tried to bunt at previous times this season, but can't seem to get the damn thing down. But Wade got it down. That's something that he's got to do. Um, and the Yanks this the did. Way. This is the way. This is the uh, Wade. <laughs> this is the Wade. I like that, actually. That's that's a T-shirt right there. So you or Roto Ware or Francisco, whoever the hell, you can run with that. Um, Yanks went ahead and then they did close out the regular season finale, losing 5 nothing to the Marlins. Uh, Clark Schmidt. Went ahead and made his first start of his uh, major league career. Uh, he went four innings, giving up four hits and three runs and four Ks. The Yanks offense couldn't really get going. But those who did was DJ LeMay. He went two for three. And uh, Brett Gardner uh, was three for four in what could potentially be his final game at Yankee Stadium, um, at least as a member of the New York Yankees, because he has expressed that he does want to play past the season. So we'll see what happens. Um, so that wrapped up the game portion. <clears throat> but – DJ LeMahieu, though, became the first player in the modern era to win the batting title in both leagues as he won it with the Rockies back in 2016. Uh, that's when he won the NL batting title. Uh, his season, he wrapped up hitting 364 with 10 home runs, 27 RBIs, and a uh, 1.011 OPS. Uh, he'll probably definitely be in the MVP conversation overall. Uh, only the Yankees to lead MLB all of baseball, not just the AL but all of baseball in batting average. DJ LeMahieu. Now, uh, Mickey Mantle did it back in his Triple Crown year of 1956. Joe DiMaggio did it back in 1939. And the Iron Horse, Lou Gehrig, did it in 1934. Uh, DJ also became the eighth Yankee ever to win the AL batting title. Uh, yeah, he went ahead and became the – I'm sorry. He became the ninth Yankee to win the AL batting title. It was the tenth time it's happened overall. Uh, Ruth did it for the first time and hitting 378 in 1924. Lou Gehrig uh, followed that up, hitting 363 in 1934. Uh, Joe D is the only Yankee to win the batting title twice. He hit 381 in 1939 to go along with his AL MVP that season, and he hit 352 in 1940. So back to back batting titles at that. Uh, a new guy who's been mentioned on the Yes broadcast a lot, and now he's Paul O'Neill's best buddy, Snuffy Sternweiss. Won a batting title in 1945, hitting 309. Uh, Mickey Mantle, as I mentioned, hit 353 in 1956 as part of his Triple Crown year uh, and was named AL MVP that season. Donnie Baseball did it in uh, going hitting 343 back in 1984. You recall he edged out Dave Winfield over the last couple of days of the season to get that. It was a pretty crazy race. Uh, Paul O'Neill did it 19 in a strike shortened season of 1994, hitting 359. And Bernie Williams hit 339 in 1998 when the Yankees steamrolled most of Major League Baseball. Uh, the other highlight of the regular season for the Yanks was Luke Voigt is the AL home run king. Uh, his season wrapped up at 277 with 22 homers, 52 ribbies, and a 948 OPS. Um, he only he was the now only the second Yankee, second Yankee first baseman with a plus 600 slugging percentage in a season. Joining Lou Gehrig, who did it nine times. 
yes. nine times. Nine times Lou Gehrig did that. So that's bonkers. Uh, DJ LeMahieu and Luke Voigtel became the first teammates to lead uh, MLB in average and home runs since Hank Aaron and Eddie Matthews did it in 1959 for the Atlanta Braves. What a weird year. Very it's weird. It's just a bizarre year. 22 home runs wins you the batting with the home run title. Exactly. All right. We'll take it. I'll take, I'll take all we can get right now. Same. They all play the same amount of games. So that's what, right. that, I, that's, that's I, what we think it as. I said, I would talk about the asterisk. I said, look, the whole goddamn year has an asterisk on it. So you just got to sit back and, and enjoy it. Yeah. Listen, they only played, they only played 60 regular season games, but they also had to deal with a lot of shit that no one's had to deal with ever in sports. I mean, the whole, it can't be easy going ahead, leaving their families and doing the whole, you know, kind of like team bubble thing that they've been doing and traveling, doing this whole thing during a global pandemic. So, listen, every season, every season faces their own challenges. But you also look at sixty game stretches. I know yes, they showed a bunch of them, but sixty game stretches in the history of baseball, a lot of guys weren't putting up numbers like this over any sixty game stretch. So, to me, it, it, it's legit. It's legit. No, it's legit. Yeah. It's legit. So, um, have that bracket by any chance? Uh, shoot, I did not grab the bracket, the postseason right. bracket. Um, I just want to show that real quick before we get to the Yankees, uh, Indians preview. Well, which let's going to be, uh, you want to do our awards for the week then while we're trying to grab the, sure, we can do that first then. Okay. We can you you want to get the bracket? You want me to get it? Uh, you should grab that. Okay, I'll, put the, I'll put this on. Where is it? I'll get it off our our show page. Hey, someone stole our uh, our banner. <laughs> our banner is gone. Really? Yeah. Son of a bitch. I got to do it all over again. Well, I have, oh, well, we can start with this one then. But the other one's missing. Okay. Uh, all right. Who do you got? Who was your who has spoken for you this past week? To be honest, I don't know who has spoke. I just want to keep saying Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole. But you know what? I'm just going to go with Garcia because he okay. had a bad outing, and then he rebounded, and I like the way the kid's pitching. I think, I think we're gonna have, we're gonna see a big, big, big series from him. Okay. I'm not going to say the entire postseason run, but I think we're going to have a good series with with him against Cleveland. I think he's going to show up. I think he's going to impress a lot of people. So I'm going to take Garcia. Okay. Oh, that's not not a bad choice either. Uh, boom! All right, I got the bracket out of the way, but we'll we can wrap up our awards first. Um, so for me, uh, Jay Happ has spoken over his last two starts. I had mentioned he was one and zero in his last thirteen innings. He gave up uh, nine hits. You could say they were scattered. Only one earned run and fourteen Ks over thirteen innings. I'll take that anytime. So yeah, Jay Happ, and I just I can't believe. I'm still going with this, but yes, Jay Happ has spoken for me over this past week. Um, which, is, which is shocking. Yeah, but hey, good good for the Yanks, though, because I think he's definitely going to play a role in the postseason, hopefully for a nice, long postseason run. Good. And we need him. You need him. Yep. You need that veteran experience. To, you got the ace. You need that guy. Then mm -hmm. you need to not, not gonna get his crap together. Then you get the young guy like Garcia ready to go. That's a good formula for a good pitching staff. Mm -hmm. so that's what I like. Uh, the forest is strong with this one. I, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. It's easy for me. So you know, you go first. You go first uh, with this one. Uh, for me, the force is I strong. Think, with I, think, I think we're pitching one of the same two guys. What's up? Well, I think we're going with one of the same two guys. Well, I'm going to force is strong with Gio Urshela. Uh, oh, okay. Not, yeah, but I know it's an. You usually do it as an offensive ward, but man, he's put on a highlight reel show at, at third base. He has been all season. He's only made one ever. But specifically this week, it just felt like every two, every couple innings there was another highlight reel, uh, you know, play he's making at third base. He's been excellent over there. But over his last seven games, he hit 370 with a 414 uh, on base percentage, given 10 hits and five RBIs. So that's that's my guy for the week. And I'm going with the machine. I'm I'm impressed with this yeah. dude every single day. Every single day you come out there, like you said. They put the bases loaded. You're like, oh, he's getting a hit. We're tying this game. We're taking a lead yeah. in this game. We're winning this game. You just expect it. It's almost, you know, I'm knocking on wood in case you can't hear me. It's almost like the Rivera coming into the ninth inning. Like, oh, this is done. This is no problem because, you know, this guy's going to get a hit right now. Yeah. It kind of feels like that when he comes up the plate. So 
he's my uh, force is strong with this one hitter of the week. Nice. Uh, let me get you. All right, so we got we got those awards done. Let me bounce this up before we discuss the yeah, Yankees for the Yankees specific part of this because we have there's plenty to discuss with that and the uh, tribe, the tribe. Oh yeah, start breaking out the major league jokes already. <laughs> no, there'll be no watching major league coming up. <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, honestly, yeah, there's a lot of dynamite friggin' matchups, man, in this. Wild, wacky, uh, sixteen-team playoff bracket, which some are calling the fall frenzy over here. Um, hey, real quick, who didn't make the playoffs that you're shocked at? Any teams that you didn't that you thought would make it who didn't? Uh, honestly, and it's not even in a a smack talk way. I, I'm pretty sure. Well, I'm going to say two. I thought the Mets and the Phillies were definitely getting in. I, I thought the Mets definitely. I picked the Mets in my yeah. preseason thing. Not so many division. Right. I, I picked them to get in, get in though. Yeah. I, I had the Phillies winning the, the NL East, and I had the Mets in as a wild card. Uh, but, I mean, the Marlins apparently took that spot. Uh, listen, I, 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 I had the Braves winning the division, but I had the uh, – I didn't have the Marlins making – I didn't have the Marlins winning five games, I don't think. So, you know what? <laughs> good, good, good for them. <laughs> yeah, no, but those, honestly, those are two of the big shockers for me because uh, I'm pretty sure I actually had the White Sox – Going, uh, the A's are always a good pick. The Astros, I would have, I'm sure I picked the Twins. Uh, most of the AL, I'm pretty sure I had them. That I had them all right. Uh, Dodgers, obviously, that was that was a big pick. The Brewers got in. Um, they were a pick. Padres, uh, listen, a lot of people gave them crap about that Manny Machado contract, but it looks like it's paying off because he's definitely in the conversation for NL MVP this season. Uh, the Cardinals seem to always make the damn playoffs, so. Why not? Uh, Cubbies, another one. The Marlins are there. Are the Marlins and the Reds are the shockers. That's where I would have replaced those two with the Mets and the Phillies. So th- those are my surprises. I, all I know is I am a massive Twins fan. This this opening round, <laughs> I do not want to because you know what? The, the, the they finished twenty nine and thirty one, right? Twenty nine. So they finished under five hundred. Yeah. All their magical batters are all batting crap. They shouldn't even be in here. I hope the Twins sweep their asses out. I'm so tired of them, and I'm so angry that they got away with uh, not having to come into Yankee Stadium this year with a full capacity crowd. But you know what? We not we don't forget. It, it could be next year. It could be the year after. They're they're going to get their asses handed to them one way or another, and You're they're going to get away. Babies. No, yeah. they're not. They're not going to get away. So real, I mean, if you had to take a look right now, yeah. who do you, you want to uh, make our let's make our predictions now? Yeah, why not? Well, just we didn't even discuss first round. First round. Yeah. We didn't even. We're not going to get crazy with this. Uh, well, skip, skip the Yankees and the Indians. We'll, 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 we have a whole preview of that coming up. Yeah. Uh, give, yeah. Give me the other th- uh, Tampa Bay Blue Jays. What do you got? Uh, I go with Tampa. Yeah, I'm going to go with Tampa not, too. Yeah. I got to yeah, go with Tampa. Uh, Twins Astros. You know who I'm going for. <laughs> uh, no, I, I actually think the I think the Twins are going to the Twins are a good baseball team, man. I mean, they are. I, I think they're going to I think they're going to take care of business, and they're pretty sure they're happy they're not facing the Yanks in the playoffs so they can, you know, get past that because we've had their number for a bit. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'm going to go with the, um, the Rays with that series and the 3-6. I'm going with the Twins and um, I'm going to go with Oakland. Mariners. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. go with Oakland too. Not to go chalk on it, but I, I but don't sleep on the White Sox though. I think that's going to be a, a good series. I think that one's going three games, but I think the I think the A's just, they got the better team, but Lucas Giolito and Dallas Keuchel with the with the White Sox. They're they're both pretty good. So that's a pretty good one-two punch to have there. And that young lineup has been you know bombing away. I mean, Jose Abreu might be the AL MVP. Uh, yeah. So definitely can't sleep on the White Sox. They're I'm pretty sure they're like a year or two ahead of schedule too. So um, all right, at the NL we got uh, the Dodgers and the Brewers. I'm gonna have to go Dodgers on that one. Yeah, I think the Dodgers and Dodgers and two. I think Millie Walkay is kind of a surprise too. So, uh, yeah. the Padres and the Cardinals. You know, you know, you can't ever, ever sleep on the Cardinals. But I do like the Padres in this series. I do like their, that you know, they're young man. They're fiery. They're young, dumb, and full of you know what. I don't want to say it on this because we'll get banned for that. But you know what they <laughs> are, and uh, I think they can make some noise. Yeah, um, I, I, you, you kind of covered it nicely. Yeah, it's hard to pick against the Cardinals ever since they just. Have a great organization and find the way. You uh, and us both, Marcus. You and us both. 
Yeah, well, we'll be getting into that right after this. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Padres, too, in that series. Uh, Fernando Tatis, I know he's had a rough two weeks. But, I mean, the, kids, the kid had a great season. Manny Machado is over there, too. Um, and their pitching has been coming around. I, they traded. I know Clevenger is, is out. They, that was their big acquisition at the trade deadline. So, That's going to uh, hurt. Yeah, it is. Well, thankfully, listen, thank, thanks, thankfully the Yanks didn't make that deal after all. I know I wanted him, but uh, he yep. ended up getting hurt. Um, so the 3-6 matchup, which – Cubbies and the Marlins. A rematch of the 2003 – and I'm not trying to rub it out to rub against Cubs fans or nothing like that, but uh, that's a rematch of the 2003 NLCS, which some crazy Bartman-like things happened. Um and the two times the Marlins have made the playoffs previously, they have won the World Series. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that that streak's going to be broken this time, even though I'm, I've am i said for a while I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to always – I'm going to kind of weirdly pull for the Marlins at times as long as they're not playing the Yankees. You know, Donnie Baseball is the manager. You know, Derek Jeter obviously running the show down there. He's got Jorge working for him too. A lot of Yankees ties, but – I don't see them beating the Cubbies, though. I'm, I'm sorry. I think this is where the Magic Carpet ride pretty much fizzles out. Yep, I agree with you. I'm taking the Cubs also. And in the final matchup, we got the Braves and the Reds of Cincinnati. I like the Braves. I think the Braves are too strong here. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Braves, too. Uh, Reds have been hot, though, so they I wouldn't I wouldn't sleep on them. That should be another a good matchup, but I'm, I'm going with the Braves. Oh, that's always, you know, yeah, that's always got to look out for that hot team. Like the national, I don't care what anybody says the nationals got hot. They, yeah. they got like ridiculously hot though yep. last year. They were not the. Honestly, I don't even think they were the best team, but they just got ridiculously hot, man. It's all that matters. You just got to get in, and then uh, as we've said in many many years in the playoffs, anything can happen. Absolutely, anything often does too. That's absolutely true. All right, so now we're going to talk about. Oh boy, here we go. Yep. This this is going to be the meat and potatoes of this one. <laughs> All yep. right. Tomorrow uh, night. Tomorrow night and Wednesday night. Games one and two. Yeah. So let's before we dive into some of the specifics, um, let's just recap briefly. The Yanks have been a roller coaster all season long. High, you know, peaks and valleys and everything, whatever you want to name. Their stretches went from 16 and 6 to the abysmal 5 and 15 stretch to the 10-game winning streak. And then they went two and six to wrap up the season. So the big question is, you know, or the request is, will the real New York Yankees please stand up? You know, we we don't we it's it's hard to say who they are. Um, they're obviously loaded with talent. There's absolutely no question about that. When uh, tomorrow six, wow, wow, all right, exact predictions here. I like it. Um, I hope not. That means Garrett Cole gave up five runs or four runs or three. I don't like that. Yeah, once we discuss the specific games, I'll get into that. I, I would not bet that it's going to be 6-5. But, um, so that's that's one thing to look at. So the question is, which Yankee team? If you're going to believe in the streaks, they were hot, they were cold, they were hot, they were cold, that might mean they're going to get hot again. So if you want to go ahead and, and reason to believe in that, then there's no reason why you shouldn't. Um, I, I know earlier in the press conference today, Aaron Boone officially confirmed that uh, Kyle Higashioka will be starting game one tomorrow night. It's something we pretty much kind of already knew. They've hinted to it, but now it's, like, officially official. The lineup won't be out until tomorrow. Uh, but he didn't mention that. Uh, and my favorite part of the press conference was when Garrett Cole was asked what he likes about pitching in the postseason. And his only – his first response was simply the stakes. And then a reporter went ahead and followed up with it, and he was like, they're high. <laughs> and he followed up with him again. And he's like – I enjoy them. And then he was like, all right, I'm going to take it. That's it. And kind of, and, and that, that, what did you expect him to say? That's what Garrett was in. in his introductory press conference. What did he say? Right? Pressure is a privilege. This is it. This right here is why you signed Garrett Cole. This is why he got the contract. This is why he says he came here, besides being a lifelong Yankee fan, you know? Uh, Cole. Yeah, we didn't, we, we didn't sign him to pitch those last three months. We, we, we pitched him the, Tomorrow, start yep. tomorrow. Why we signed him? We gave him all that money. Yeah, and he's and he's gone ahead and he has pitched outstanding. He's pitched like Garrett Cole for the past month or so. So he's definitely. I know he had, he had the bumpy road in the middle, 
but he's definitely rounded about its form, so I think he's primed and ready to go. Um, so we could also we'll dive into some some team stats that can give you to why would you believe the Yankees are going to go ahead and wake up. So this series is going to be – I mean, anything can happen in a three-game series. We, we all know that. But it's going to be – they always say pitching and defense wins championships, right? That's what wins in the playoffs. And we're, we're going to see it because the – this is all of baseball, right? The Yankees had a 247 team batting average this season. The Indians had two, uh, two, and it was a 228. So pr pretty big disparity in those two. Um, run scored, the Yankees were fourth in all of baseball – with 315 versus the Indians who are, who were 24th in all of baseball at 248 home runs Yanks were fifth in all of baseball at 94 homers and the Indians had 59 which put them 27th um, you want to look on the flip side of things uh, ERA Indian staff was three had a 329 ERA which put them second in all of baseball only behind the Dodgers Yankees had a 435 which puts them in the middle of the pack they were 14th so they weren't towards the bottom. They were in the middle of the pack in, in their lesser categories. Uh, team strikeouts, the Indians had 621 to lead all of baseball. Uh, Yankees had 528 to put them at 11th. Uh, whip, Indians had a 111 whip, which led baseball. And then the uh, New York Yankees had a 124 whip, which put them at 11th as well. Uh, Yanks defense, which we mentioned earlier, had a rough time this year. But, listen, their, their numbers are bad. There's no – you know, sugarcoating that. But question is, are the guys who are playing in this series, in the postseason, the ones who made the errors? All mm -hmm. of them. Plus, you look at it. They also had like 10 errors this past week. So that also kind of can – you have a bad week, it, it kind of can, you know, skew the numbers a little bit. Not saying they don't count, but they obviously do. Uh, Yanks led all of baseball with 48 errors. The Indians had 30 errors, which put them 23rd. So that's a, that's a category where you obviously want to finish, you know, lower in that. And fielding percentage, the Yanks had the worst at a 976 fielding percentage, where the Indians were seventh overall with a 986 fielding percentage. Um, that that that's there. So to my my the way I'm looking at it is this: where the Yanks are good, they're really good with that. Obviously, their offense being the way that would led the way. But even in their lesser categories, that put them in the middle of the pack. The Indians can't hit. I mean, they 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 really have a tough time scoring runs. So. You know, Bacole, Tanaka, and then whoever ends up being, if there is a game three, ends up being that starter between Happ and Garcia or whatever. That's, I, I think the Yanks do got the edge in this. Man, we should be destroying our lineup as Deadly Torres and Sanchez. Watch Gardner have a good game. Yeah. Um, I, hope, I hope Gardner has a good game. But you know what's funny, too, because if you think about it, you, you would usually think, yeah, if you get past Bieber, if you could beat Bieber, then it should be a piece of cake. But like you said, they led the league in ERA. So it's like, it's not that easy now, but they can't hit. So it yeah. really is like a very even, you know, people disparage it and say, no, no, well, the Indians have this and the Yankees have. No, it's, it's a pretty even series, but I think it's one that we should win two straight games. I should. That's just me. Yeah. I mean, well, we can, we'll get into it a little bit further uh, before we go. I want to throw those numbers out there for team stats to, give people an overall picture of exactly why we're looking at it the, the way we are. Uh, I, I've also highlighted the two in the, the Indians, two best hitters. Their best player overall is normally Francisco Lador. He's had a terrible season, a completely terrible season at the plate. So a lot of, then you could look on the other, the flip side. So of a lot of Yankees like a Clay Torres and stuff like that. So we'll see if they can play to the back of their baseball cards and then we'll, we'll find out what's what. Uh, Jose Ramirez, the Indians third baseman. He was, Led in almost every category, hit 292 for them with 386 on base, 17 homers, 56 RBI. So he would probably be their offensive MVP. And uh, Cesar uh, Hernandez, their second baseman, uh, had led the team with 66 hits, hitting 283 with a 355 on base percentage. Um, and outside of, after that is a pretty huge drop off for the Indians. So they, they really, really do struggle offensively. Um, before we get to the game, one thing I kind of wanted to throw out, because it's curious to see, the Yankees do flip around their lineups every, every which way from Sunday. You never really know. I mean, I know I also joke around about it's whatever uh, Cashman and Boone, I picture them sitting in front of a computer and whatever it spits out, it spits out kind of like the Batman 1966 computer where it just spits out a piece of paper like that and they find out what it is. 
we all we know DJ LeMay who's going to lead off. He's playing second base, right? That should be a given. Aaron Judge will hit second, playing in right field. That should be a given. I would like to see Luke Voigt bat third right after that. You know, he will be the first baseman, followed by Giancarlo Stanton at DH in the cleanup spot. I'd go with Labor Torres at shortstop, followed by Aaron Hicks in center. Geo at third. The Hicks and the Hicks right after that just to break up. As I know, Yankees are a very right-handed, heavy-hitting team. You got to kind of get that switch hitter to mix it up a little bit and uh, make it as easy for later innings when the bullpen comes in. Uh, Clint Frazier, I would I would give him the nod over Brett Gardner in left field. Uh, I know Gardner's been coming on strong down the stretch. Uh, I would go with Frazier over him. Um, I know Gardner gives you the edge defensively. Maybe you bring him in later innings for, for defense. Uh, and then Higgy would be my ninth hitter rounding out a catcher since we know that's already a done deal. Um, I would like to see something close to that. I, the Judge and Stanton back-to-back at two and three, there are a lot of – listen, they're big guys. They're prone to strikeouts. That's what it is. Stanton has not looked like he did earlier in the season, the last couple of weeks. So I know he's had two big hits over our the last week or so stretch, but he's he's not laying off the slider like he was at, at all. Um, you know, some fastballs inside have been tying him up. So I, I would like to break them up and go and get Void a couple more at bats by batting him third. Well, um, you say Frazier and I say Frazier, but you think they'll throw Gardner in to get another lefty in there? Uh, I think it's possible. I mean, I'm not. I don't think Frazier is the slam dunk in left field starting tomorrow night. I could easily see them going with Gardner again because offensively he's been coming on strong, but Frazier's had a much better season at the plate. So maybe you want as many hitters as you can uh, against Shane Bieber in Game One. So I, I don't know. I, I would I would go with Frazier personally, and I'd bring Gardner in in later innings, like I said, for defense and go from there. But that that is one I can see as a I can see that one not being a slam dunk though. So that's that's my take on that. But for tomorrow night's game, though, um, game one of that, Marcus would go with Gardner, perhaps. But Fra- Frazier's been the hot hand, and he's been getting most of the starts down the stretch. So that's also why I'm kind of thinking we, we see Clint Frazier tomorrow night. Um, game one tomorrow night, 7 o'clock uh, on ESPN. Garrett Cole, also incredible matchup with Garrett Cole versus Shane Bieber. Uh, we mentioned – Cole season, he was no, you know, he's listen. He didn't have the season that Shane Bieber had. I'm not trying to pretend he did, but when you look at it, Garrett Cole finished seven and three with a two eighty four ERA with an 096 WHIP and ninety four strikeouts. And I wanted to highlight his last, just last year, and his twenty nineteen postseason with the Astros. He was four and one, and this isn't part of Garrett Cole's not benefit. This is him doing this. This is not cheating. This isn't stealing or any crap like that. But he was four and one. He had a 172 ERA with an oh, and a .87 WHIP and 47 Ks last postseason. So he has a pretty damn good postseason resume, and it got much better as he went on. Uh, Shane Bieber's postseason numbers zero because he's never pitched in the postseason, and the postseason will be a little bit different this year with no fans in the stands. It's not going to be like the place is electric and all this other crap, but the, the money's still on the line. So we're going to see what the kid has. We saw Clayton Kershaw. One of the best pitchers in you know the last 10, 15 years, but in the playoffs, not, not the same guy. So we're going to learn a lot about Shane Bieber uh, tomorrow night uh, in game. I, I love how some people say how he had a bad year. I'm like a two a two point four eight ERA is a bad year. You know how many pitchers would yeah. kill to have a two point four eight ERA at the end of the year for a bad for a good year? Exactly. Come on, give me a break. But like you said, tomorrow night is why we got him. I, I, I'm ready. I think I think he's gonna. I, I don't like your six five, Marcus. I think I don't think he's gonna even score five tomorrow. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know what we're gonna score, but I, I see more of a three nothing, three one type game going on tomorrow night. I think we're gonna see a low scoring game. Um, my guess would yeah, it'd be something like three to two, or max four to two, four to three, or something like that. I think we're gonna be lo- see a low scoring game. Um, Another another just discussing the whole series in general. Um, you know, the Indians' best reliever is Brad Hand. He led uh, all of he led the American League in, in saves this season. They've also been in a lot more close games because they did struggle uh, scoring runs. I, I'm going to take Chapman and Zach Britton combination over over Brad Hand. The Yanks have the edge in the bullpen. The Yanks have the edge on offense. Yeah, if you want to go ahead, you know, as the se- the season total, give the pitching the edge to the Indians. I wouldn't give it by that much, though. I, I really wouldn't. 
And I mean, if you want to go ahead and give them the edge on defense, fine. But Yankees players are more capable than what they've showed in the season, and this is the time for them to snap out of and get that going. Um, highlighting game two, though, because the rest of the series, uh, game two will be on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, again on ESPN. They're covering the uh, AL wildcard series. Uh, Yanks will have uh, Masahiro Tanaka going. Uh, this year during the regular season, he was 3-3 three and three with a 3.56 ERA and a 117 whip and 44 Ks. Uh, solid, nothing, you know, I would nothing ace-like. But as I've mentioned repeatedly on his show, the postseason is where it's Tanaka time. And his in his eight starts in his career in the postseason, he has a record of 5-3. and three. One of those losses and the was to the Astros in a wild card game, which if I remember right, they lost three to one or something like that. The Yanks couldn't hit. Can't put that on Tanaka. His ERA in his, in his eight career eight career postseason starts one seventy six with an 0.78 WHIP. Opposing batting average one fifty seven. I'll take those numbers pretty much against anybody in this entire postseason. Anyone in baseball. That's when that that's the Tanaka that I will go ahead and put up against anybody. And he and that's not even counting all the big games he's pitched in the regular season. When the money's on the line, Tanaka is always there. That's always been the case. For whatever reason is, he always rises to the occasion. That's yet another reason to stack in the Yankees' favor. The Wire see them winning this series. Uh, he'll be facing Carlos Carrasco, though, who um, this season who was three and four with a two ninety one ERA, outstanding, uh, one twenty one WHIP, not so outstanding, and eighty two strikeouts. Back to the outstanding part. Carrasco's postseason career, he was 0-1 in two starts with a 168 ERA and a 118 whip. Uh, one of those starts was actually against the Yankees back in 2017. Um, what is Marcus saying? Who's pitching game three? Well, that's where, says, that's where we're about to get to. Then he, says, then he says, forget game three. Let's just sweep. I agree. There is no game three. There's I, no game three. <laughs> listen, Marcos, I agree with you. I would hope the Yanks go ahead and just take this in two games, but – Providing if there is a game three, it would be on Thursday. Uh, time is TBD. I TBD? Would pretty, I, I would pretty much bank the Yankees will be at 7 o'clock on primetime again if there is a game three. Uh, they pretty much always are. Uh, Yanks currently have their starting pitcher as TBD. Um, like you were saying, a big speculation would be, would it be Hap or Devi Garcia? Um, that That is honestly, if you would have told me a week or two ago, I would have definitely went with Devi Garcia. That's a really tough question. That is a really, really tough question. Um, Hap finished the season stronger. To tell you the truth, he he actually did, and he has the experience. So the question I is, do you want? Yeah, I, I think they go. My, my gut feeling now would be, and again, this may have this could have been different. Freaking seventy-two hours ago, for all I know, nothing yep. against Garcia, but I would probably go with the guy with the season on the line. I would probably go with the guy with the experience with, with Jay Hap. But I would also have Garcia ready to go because if Hap does falter, maybe I go to Garcia as the long man out of the bullpen then. Uh, all hands oh, would yeah. be on deck then. Anything goes game three. Everyone's yeah. pitching game three, so it doesn't matter. Well, let me let me refrain from that. Not all hands on deck because obviously Cole and Tanaka would not be on deck since they yeah, did. You know what I mean. No, no, but I'm saying in, in the past, if, if you get from a beginning of a series to the end of it when it's not played in three days, you've seen guys. Madison Bumgarner in, in 2014 pitched like every freaking – every. Two innings, it felt like, for the for the Giants on their way. So, as I meant, just clearing that up with that. So, the uh, Indians did say Zach Plesac would be starting a potential game three. Uh, to recap his season, uh, he was four and two with a two twenty eight ERA, with an uh, .80 WHIP and fifty seven Ks. Um, so they listen. Yanks Yanks challenges facing uh, elite starting pitching is not going to try to sell them short. But I'm, I'm going to go on the side of the guys who have. I'm going to go on the side of the guys who have the experience in this one, between Cole Tanaka and then if Hap is that guy, Yanks the experience goes on the Yankees side way more than the Indians, way more than the Indians. So, um, that's that that's my thinking at least going into this. No, I agree with you. I think they have to go Hap. They have to go with the, with the guy with the experience. Yeah. He's, He's pushing forty, so he's definitely experienced. Like I said, he's been, he's been hot lately. He's been he couldn't do what he has to do. He hasn't been home run happy, so got to do what you got to do. No, I know he hasn't. Has he's calmed it down a lot. You have Garcia ready to go just in case. Yeah, and another key thing that I'm to watch for this series 
in the since Boone has been has taken over. Well, carry, carry the rest of it. Well, maybe Frankie actually just jumped in just in time with pretty much what I was just kind of thinking. The big thing you want to see what Boone has done over the last two postseasons as he has been extremely trigger happy with the bullpen. Extremely trigger happy. He's getting guys in in the fourth inning, the fifth inning. Two big yeah. things that's got to change. I would say when the Yanks got rolling on their on their winning streak, they went ahead and started letting the guys go longer. You know, Cole, Hap, whether if it's Tanaka, they got to go at least. And so that sixth or seventh inning, get the ball to Britton and Chapman. Uh, I'm not saying I've lost faith in Chad Green at all. He would be the next guy out for me there. Out of Vino, I would probably stay away from unless you're going to go with specific three righties in a row, maybe at the bottom of the order. If you're just trying to squeeze out an inning, I think he can handle that, but he's been a bit shaky now. Yanks bullpen this year is not as deep as it's been in the past. They're they're obviously missing Tommy Canely. Adovino has not been what he was, you know, previously. Uh, but I still have my faith in those two. So I would go, you know, just try to give us you gotta get into the seventh. You gotta at least get into the seventh if you need green for a few innings. I mean, a few outs, that's fine. But if they, if they get their starters into that situation, we're gonna be all right. So a shift in strategies is definitely something I'm really hoping that they're keying on. I don't want to see Jonathan Holder. I don't want to see Luis Sessa. You know, I, I, I don't want to see those guys at all this postseason because that's probably not a good thing. No. That means we're, I mean, that means we're not having a good uh, a good game. Exactly. That that means we're probably in an up shit's creek at that point. Oh. So I, as far as our next show goes – I think we just get. I think we're TBD. We're gonna have to be TBD to figure out. Uh, probably wait for the end of the round, though. No? Round by round now. Yeah, I think. I think. Go? Yeah, let let's. I think we do round by round. So maybe you'll see us Thursday night. If the Yanks wrap it up in two games. Maybe you'll see us Thursday night or Friday night. Um, I would probably say that's the safe bet because even if the series does go three games, it'll be over by Friday. So I don't know what your plans are Friday. I mean, I think I can make myself available to knock out a, a, a show, and I want it to be a ALDS preview and not he's not the season wrap-up show. No, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, I hope I hope that's not either. Well, we'll figure that out. We'll be TBD. We'll announce it on the page. We'll put it out there for everything. Um, sure. The whole – well, the whole the whole first round should be done by Friday, no? They're all – Well, yeah, well, because there's no off days. So the AL is yeah. going to go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. No matter what, it's going to be wrapped up by Friday. And the NL NL starts Wednesday. They'll go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So as far as we're concerned, yeah, we'll we'll be wrapped up by by Thursday, you know, Thursday night, Friday night. Actually, it'll be wrapped up one way or the other. All right. Well, I might be leaving town. I don't know, but we'll figure we'll figure something out. Definitely hey, then, hey, guess what? Maybe the Yanks wrap it up in two games. We do a show Thursday night, and it works out for everybody. It doesn't, doesn't it'll, work, it'll work out nicely? Very nicely then. Uh, yep. that's gonna be a long week though. Got a show tomorrow. Got a show Wednesday. Then maybe a show Thursday. Ooh. You love it. You love it. You're, you're, you're all about it. You would do seven <laughs> shows a week. I would do seven shows. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I would. I would do seven shows a week if I could. Um. Right. All right. So that's good then. That'll be that'll be our preview show. Hopefully, I said hopefully we are gonna be on Thursday, celebrating a two game sweep, and yes. not sometime next week when I get back from where I'm going. Um. That's it, man. You got any wrap-up words? Any any final words before we go? Uh, yeah, listen, I hope we gave you enough information and everything like that. I believe the Yanks are going to snap out of this, wake up, you know, get it rolling again, ready for that hot streak. And it should be super exciting, man. So enjoy the games. Do whatever superstitions you got going on in your house for the for Yanks postseason. And let's go, man, in the, in the playoffs. Let's go, Yankees. Yes, thanks, everybody, for watching. Frank, Marcos, thank you very much for your comments. Make sure you share the show. Spread the show out like a virus. No pun intended to the COVID-19 going on in the world. I don't mean no disrespect that way, but spread us out. Get us out there. We want to be the number one show out there, and that's going to be hard, but, hey, what are you going to do? Um, like I said, real quick, tomorrow night, the Just Too Sweet show, our wrestling show, we're going to be discussing – Animal of the Road Warriors, rest in peace. We're going to be talking about Survivor Series 1990. And then we're going to do a, re a recap of what happened those past few weeks on the shows, and uh, especially Clash of Champions, the pay-per-view last night. Wednesday is the We Stomped You Out show, which is just getting more depressing and depressing by the week. And they're getting shorter because basically the first 10 minutes is a straight <laughs> 
we got nothing to talk about because you can't really highlight a team that sucks as bad. So that'll be the giant show on Wednesday. I don't know if the fellas are doing a, a, a put-in-the-books wrap-up show. I have no idea, but that's the Met show. Uh, they might do one. And I also, Jader and Kyle, they were just on, but they're coming back Wednesday with another show quick too. Uh, I don't know. I think Goodfellas was winning the poll as far as what movie they're going to discuss. So that's another good show to watch that we might be back Thursday. Hopefully we'll be back Thursday with, with, with the first round wrap up, getting into the second round already. Yes. Let's, let's hope that we'll be discussing pitch off. I mean, pitching matchups for the next round. Yes. Oh, thank you everybody for watching. Thanks for everybody for commenting. Have a good night, everybody. Enjoy it. Marvel likes it. Yeah, I'm sure she likes a lot the whole show. <laughs> Got to let it play once, twice. That's right, Mark. It was Rip Animal. <laughs>